fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. That's right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. That almost came out a little bit more like a um, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous than it did. Yeah, that. it did. A little Robin uh, Leach action mm-hmm. going on. There it was. The city's so nice, they named it twice. See it one time, won't you? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so clearly it's Gremlins 2. Uh, you're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Uh, we're here for Gremlins 2. I don't know what you're here for, but we're here for Gremlins 2. It's episode number 280. We are 20 away. So at, at this point... I don't know that I quite realized this, that we are now so much closer to episode 300 than we were to 250. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, much like the, uh, much like the Spartans, we're just going to charge right on into 300 here and not too long, but um, yeah, it's, we're on episode number 280. It's gremlins to the new batch. Very, very quickly. We spoil the movies we talk about. So just be forewarned uh, iTunes reviews, please leave us a five-star review. That's all they're allowing people to do anymore. That's totally not true, but we would appreciate it anyway. And visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can find all the different ways to interact with the show, find old episodes, and so on and so forth. Um, I have with me tonight Patrick and Bo. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Wonderful today, John. Great. How are you? Great. I'm doing just fine. We're here to talk movies. We are knee-deep at this point in our Revenge of the Sequel Month. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're starting off our 1990 movies. And... um, yeah, I'm 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 ready to go. But what we're going to do real quick cuz we didn't have a chance to do this together is um we're going to kind of skip the news this time around and we're going to talk a little Rise of Skywalker. Now, I got an entire podcast episode to just dump my thoughts all over the place uh on the movie. And so I mean, I've already kind of shared. Did you both did both of you have a chance to listen to that or? Yes. No. I have not. You have not. Okay. So I can I can give maybe a very quick summary of kind of my thoughts on the movie and this is and some people have been kind of surprised when i've when i've said this especially people who just know me as like the the huge star wars guy um is here's my quick thoughts on the movie it was it was fun to watch it was very exciting it is definitely not on the top end of my list of star wars movies um in fact it is probably very low on the list for me in terms of star wars movies um I can kind of sum it up in a couple of different ways. I, th- I think I, I maybe said it this way in the podcast when I did it is um, for me, this was a fun star Wars movie. It was not necessarily a great way to end this trilogy and it was an awful way to end the nine movie saga. Um, hmm. So that's, that's kind of my take on it there. Um, related to the other way that I kind of related this to the other two movies in just this trilogy I said, you know, uh, Force Awakens, when we started off with Force Awakens, that's the comfort food. That's like your mac and cheese. That's your, you know, 
your, your, your warm and inviting mac and cheese. It's your comfort food. It's what you're used to. It's, you know, it's, it, maybe there's a little bit that's new to it, but it's just pretty comfortable. Um, Last Jedi was trying a new foreign food for the first time. It's, uh, it's a little spicy. You don't know quite if you like it just yet, but it's a little spicy and it's kind of fun. It's kind of different. Um, and then I kind of felt like Rise of Skywalker was like somebody just put a plate of cookies in front of me and I ate way too many cookies. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with a plate of cookies, but at the same time, it doesn't do much to really fill you up and, and you know, keep you going throughout your day. You're going to crash because of all the sugar in a little bit. So those were kind of my ways of summing up how I felt about this particular Star Wars movie. It was not what I wanted it to be. And it really, I've now watched it two times in the theater and I've thought very much about it. Um, and it just, to me, the way, the way it finishes the, or doesn't finish things off is it left me with a feeling that there were so many missed opportunities in this trilogy. And I don't blame those missed opportunities on Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. I kind of blame them on Rise of Skywalker because I felt like they brought things up in this movie that when I looked at it, I went, okay, that's cool. But what would have been even better is if you started dealing with those things two movies ago mm -hmm. and really had the opportunity to flesh them out, not just cram them all into the third movie of a trilogy, mm -hmm. which, which to me does not feel like the third movie of a trilogy. This felt like a part one or a part two of a trilogy. So I think that's where I had problems with the movie. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't walk out of the movie theater going, ah, I hate this movie. It's the stupidest movie I've ever seen. They totally ruined everything. Mm -hmm. Did not get that feeling at all. I still had fun with it. It was a wild ride. You know, both times I saw it. Um, I did enjoy it more the second time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't, it was not the ending. You know, I, somebody asked me that they're like, so it wasn't the ending to the, the Skywalker saga that you, that you wanted to see. I said, no, because I saw the ending of the Skywalker saga I wanted to see in 1986 when I saw it in the theater for the first time when they had a re-release of Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And that movie ended the Skywalker saga. This one did not really feel like an ending at all. It felt like it was a setup for a bunch of TV series and spinoff movies. So, so that's my little rant. That, that, was, that was kind of my take on it. So now that I've had an entire episode and a four-minute rant, uh, how'd you guys feel about it? I, well, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, and I'm going to say that I, I mean, I, it's kind of like when I do Sudoku. Okay. I don't do Sudoku. My in-laws, my wife, like they love Sudoku and I just don't see it. I look at the Sudoku board and I or game and I'm just like, I, I'm not like what, but then when I sit right next to my wife and I look over and watch her, like solve the whole thing. It's like, oh, I saw that. Oh, I see that. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, I get it now. That's fine. And that's kind of how I felt um, with kind of what you were what you were saying. Like all those things, like I, I didn't quite see it all, you know? And this is and in no way am I, you know, challenging your position and all that. It's like, I guess I didn't quite process process those things. I saw the movie. Now that you bring it up, like, yeah, I, well, okay, yeah, they could have tied that bird. Boy, that was a little loose or, wow, that was weird or that kind of stuff. Um, I just kind of got sucked into the fact that it was like two hours and 20 minutes of just lean, mean action, Star Wars action kind of stuff happening. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I thought, um, uh, I thought the action sequences were crisp. I thought the, the humor worked for me uh you know what they did with that um 
it was, you know, great seeing the Millennium Falcon and, and all the ships, you know, the intergalactic space battle, the lightsaber duels I thought were, were pretty awesome. And uh, seeing the Emperor back, he was just straight up creepy in this one, man. That mm-hmm. was, ah. And so uh, I, I really dug that. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to, uh, I, I got to see it again is part of the issue. Um, I like that. I like that they explain Poe a little bit more. Oh, wait, spoilers. Um, well, do we do spoilers or do I just keep it not spoiler? Nah, nah, just go for it. Yeah, do okay. spoilers. Um, I, I think I like the fact that Poe was a smuggler. You know, they explain his backstory a little bit and that's kind of like, oh, okay. So, you know, that, that makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it was, it was cool. So it, much like me doing Sudoku, it's, it's, I don't necessarily, I didn't see necessarily all the continuity and all those kinds of things that you brought up. Once you've brought them up, it's like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I see where you're coming from um, with with uh, some of the things that you kind of uh, ran up against and didn't enjoy so much. I was I was kind of taken in by the ride. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with yeah. with uh, with with that when I saw it. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty. Uh, thought it was pretty cool. Well, and, and that was part of my thing too. When I, when I did that whole episode and I just kind of ran through everything, I was like, I just have, I don't right now. I don't know anybody else who has seen this yet that I can just talk through some of this stuff with. So I'm just going to record all this and put it out there by no means at all. I mean, I know there's been a lot of, a lot of junk in the, you know, star Wars fandom over the last few uh-huh. years. And mm-hmm. I, you know, just because, just because my thoughts in this movie were not, it's, pure heaven i love every single moment about it it's it can do no wrong i was like i'm gonna put this out here but i don't want anybody to think that just because i didn't love it 100 means that oh it's a horrible movie and how dare you like it and i'm like i i hope that doesn't come across to anybody because that's not the kind of star wars fan i am and i know that i think for all of us here on this podcast that's not the kind of fans we are mm. um, you know there's there's movies we like there's movies we don't like but i you know pat your way of usually putting it is more star wars more better Mm-hmm. Right. Even my least favorite Star Wars movie, Attack of the Clones, I still I don't even know how many times I've watched that movie. A crazy amount of times. It's a Star Wars movie. Is there a mm-hmm. bunch of junk in it that I think is really bad? Absolutely. But for some people, it's I, my my kids. When we were going back and rewatching all the movies uh, leading up to Rise of Skywalker, at one point my daughter said, "I think this might be my favorite Star Wars movie," and I was like, "Oh, that's cool. What do you like about it?" And we had you know we talked about what she liked, and I was like, "All right, well that's really cool." Because, I don't know, I, we're human beings and we recognize that maybe some of these movies are more for kids. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And the adults can like them too and that's okay. And, I, you know, we've, we've said before on this, I know, I know we have some people that listen that, that are not fans of The Last Jedi. Um, I know we have some people that listen that love The Last Jedi. I really like The Last Jedi. It's, it's you know, of my of the movies in this trilogy, it might be my favorite. I haven't quite decided that yet, but, um, you know, I, you, it's, it's a movie like what you mm-hmm. like. If you don't like it, that's totally okay. But that was the one thing I, I didn't want to have come across is like, you know, I didn't like everything about this movie, so you can't either. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't think yeah. I, I listened to your podcast, man, on it. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't think you came across like that at all. Good. That was not the intention. So I didn't want that to. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to, what do you always say? I don't want to yuck somebody's yum. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, yuck someone's yum and, yeah, there you go. and all that. But uh, yeah, I got, I got taken in by the ride, man. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Bo, what were your thoughts oh, on and, it? And, and it was quite a ride. Oh yes. <laughs> that it was. Yeah. So love, love fest. Did you love it? I did. I nice. liked it Excellent. on many levels. Um, my, 
my problems with this movie honestly stem from some of the problems I have with the last Jedi. Okay. Um, you're, you're making a capstone to, or what is what you are touting as a capstone, but I think mm-hmm. John, you put it best. It certainly didn't feel like they were leaving it mm-hmm. um, at the end. Um, you're, you're making a capstone to something that's, that's, you know, many, many years old and the mythology is very steeped in, and you have added things that don't necessarily jive with everything we know. Mm-hmm. So why not just make your own movie? Like, why did you try to go down this road at all? Mm-hmm. The Some of the stuff that comes up in, in, in The Last Jedi, some of the Force abilities and things that exist now, just, they stretch credulity even more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I bump on them every time. And then in, in, in Rise of Skywalker, they took them further. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I did not dig it. <laughs> okay. I get you've got to do some of this stuff and you've got to move things from place to place. And I don't know a better way to do what they did. I just wish they'd found a better story to tell maybe so they didn't have to do the hokey stuff they had to do to make it work. Um, I think little things are my problem with this movie. The movie itself is fine. It's a good action Star Wars movie and I enjoyed the heck out of it. I want to go see it again. But there mm-hmm. are things that just they tickle the back of your brain. And you, Did they really need the, to kiss at the end there? Uh, it bugs the crap out of me and I don't know why, <laughs> but it just does. It didn't have to happen. There was no need for it. And I think that's the problem I have is it's the going farther than you had to go mm-hmm. just pump the brakes for two seconds well and uh, rethink that shot yeah <laughs> I, I i agree with you that was the one thing that i felt like whoa hmm, okay and, and and what got me about the kiss was and maybe maybe they didn't mean everything that i'm now saying gonna about to say but it was like you're putting that in there why? What is that saying? If you have a strong, you know, your main male character and your main female character, there has to be a sexual component to the relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think. No, I, I don't think. In, in, in today's day and age, I think we're seeing more and more movies that show that no, you don't need to have that. All right, they could just be comrades in arms, or they could be, you know pseudo cousins or pseudo sibling relationship or maybe it could be a grudging respect relationship you know it doesn't need to have like a sexual attractive kind of component to it and if and if you say that oh well no we we do want to have this in there well then you need to build a romance mm-hmm. you know i mean you need to build that up yeah it can't be like twilight where they just stare at each other with no words for 5 minutes and all of a sudden they're in love and having babies yeah at at well you you i mean you had you had han and leia you go in the originals you had han and leia and even go back to the prequels you had you know anakin and padme as awkward well, as that one was but, at least han and leia they built it a little they did. Mm-hmm. Well, I you, felt that they built it so much more than this one or the, oh, Anakin, don't even get me started on that. By the way, sidebar, I did make the decision New Year's Eve. I went with Phantom Menace. I, I saw you went with Phantom Menace, yeah. Okay. She loved it. Oh, nice. Of course. There In fact, these words were spoken and I, I shivered for a moment and then I accepted it. If you'd shown me this one at the beginning, I would love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. 
Well, it's like my own child saying Attack of the Clones is her favorite. And it, Well, and the funny thing is, I've already got her saying, oh, you're not going to have to wait till New Year's to show me the next one. There you go. Yeah. Which has well, never been said. I mean, well, I that, am blown away by what I'm experiencing right now. Then mission So I will be seeing Attack of the Clones very soon. There you go. There it I'm is. Really, I'm, I am now holding out hope that Hayden Christensen doesn't ruin this for her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, sand, it gets everywhere. Uh, yeah, everywhere. Oh, it does. So, that you was just, into if, that sidebar, but I thought you'd if, appreciate it. If he starts to ruin it for her, then you just need to show her some of the robot chicken Star Wars stuff. Exactly. Yeah, just just go that route. I, yep. I've thought about dropping in Blue Harvest from Family Guy just to see what sort of reaction I get. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. I, you know, in fact, in fact, you can replace. Have you seen the robot chicken Star Wars stuff? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could just mm-hmm. replace the entire dinner scene and the and the fireplace scene in Attack of the Clones with the Padme that ends up pole dancing. Yes. Yeah, you could just replace uh-huh. it with with all that because it's yeah. a, that's a much better, much funnier scene. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how said. Attack of the Clones goes, but yeah, I yeah. thought you boys would appreciate that little mm-hmm. bit of. That's awesome. Joy. Yeah, I was very I was very happy that you nice. enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I that whole thing with I mean cuz you had you had Star Wars and you had Empire. You had like a movie and a half where you built up but it was there from the beginning. Like even even when they first well, right, met the two each of other, them were fighting. The two of them mm-hmm. were fighting over her for half of the first movie. But it yeah. was and and it was it was like fighting and bickering, but it was like good-natured fairly good-natured fighting and bickering mm-hmm. like she was annoyed with him in this trilogy she the first time she meets wants him, him dead <laughs> right well the first time she meets him like does he kidnaps her like, right he knocks her unconscious he fights with her he knocks her unconscious he kidnaps her and then she kills the father figure that she just met right and then he does everything to betray her pretty much in the next movie and then all of a sudden at the end of the third movie they kiss yeah. yeah what was that that was i yeah, i to me that was just and somebody on twitter said well maybe there wasn't maybe it wasn't a romantic kiss maybe she was just saying thank you oh and i no, was like she was not and i was like i'd like to be thanked like that <laughs> well, i know I was, I thought, <laughs> my thought with that was um no that's the kind of thank you that gets you in trouble exactly right so, you know this is 2019 2020 that's that's not how you thank someone so yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure that's a good argument to make for. And I, I apologize for not having listened to your podcast yet, so I don't know if you touched on know. this, but they, did they take the astral projection stuff a little too far, or was it just me? See, that was another spot where I I thought they, I thought they really missed a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. I thought, and and I think maybe it just got lodged in my head, and I I thought, oh, that's going to be so cool. Some of the potential leaks that I had read about months ago said that when um, when Ray and Kylo Ren were going to have their climactic lightsaber battle, that their connection in the force that was started in The Last Jedi was going to lead them to like force jump um, to different scenes throughout the Skywalker saga as they are having their battle so that they would actually almost like astral project themselves onto uh, Naboo or Dagobah or Geonosis or Endor or anything. like they okay, that, would actually, see, that the, actually could have worked. I know. And instead so, of the nonsense they did. 
I know. So I, I look at that and I go, oh man, that's to me, this, I, I think I could sum up this movie by saying this movie, it, at least to me, my feeling towards this movie is it's the movie of missed opportunities. Well, yeah. See my, and, and unfortunately I go back to, I didn't really like the astral projection work in, in last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of it was needed. So let me, That's I mean, just I, me. I mean, I, I, so, so let know. me ask you, let me ask you this then. Have you yep. watched any of the animated series? Yes. Okay. So you've watched clone wars. Have you watched rebels? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've watched mostly all of clone wars. I've watched some of rebels. Okay. Cause see that stuff, like all the stuff that I think people complained about in the last Jedi about the expanded force abilities and, and some of that stuff. I didn't have a problem with that because we watched through all of clone wars and all of rebels and and they do some stuff with the force in that's true rebels they do and the problem the thing is it bothered me there too okay all right well i I, I think it it bothered me a little well bothered me a little bit there It, it bothered me a little bit there too but at the same time they had done it there so when it started to show up in a similar fashion in the last jedi i was like oh you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm okay with that a, then. You make mm-hmm. a good point. So mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't bother me as much. Like that piece of Last yeah. Jedi didn't bother me. There it's are some things there are some things in Last Jedi that do bother me, but that piece didn't bother me. But I just I really, I really had so much they, looked forward to the idea of them doing this climactic battle that was going to tie together all nine movies with multiple locations and well, that's what you get for reading so much stuff ahead of time. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I completely get it. Believe me, I, I would have loved something like that. That sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I, I am disappointed in myself that I didn't, um, of all the options I went through in my head, Palpatine was not mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. went with it. Mm-hmm. And then I think about it for a minute and I go, you know, that's because it shouldn't. They should have come up with a better option for her than that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah, Palpatine had a secret son. I really, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I wanted more out of her, but I don't know what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. I hate to say I wanted more because I really can't tell you what I wanted out of it, but I wanted more. You know what that, you know what that tells you though, mm. is that Palpatine is on like galactic Tinder. <laughs> wow, chicka mm-hmm. Swipe right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, because then, of course, you want to get into this like me being who I am. I'm like, okay, so that means he had a son about you. Start to do the math, and you it doesn't no. quite work out. <laughs> well, hey, it, some people are into wrinkly dudes. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. You you know you know of course that on his Tinder profile he did put a pre Phantom Menace photo of himself. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. You know this obviously was not a more up to date photo. It was grainy and it was pre Phantom Menace. Well, and then you know, unfortunately, then they it, it calls into all these. It brings up so much more. You could have just left her be. Mm-hmm. And she could have just been nobody, and that mm-hmm. would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But now that you've made her somebody. Mm-hmm. You've now brought more questions like, okay, so now everyone wants to start talking about, so who was Anakin's father again? And mm-hmm. you just don't want to go there. 
He's a tyrannical career politician who loves manipulating your midichlorians, mm-hmm. long walks on the beach, and conquering far-out systems. Let's say hello to Pal Pal Palpatine. It's, yeah, that, you know, what it's funny is I feel like they did something exactly like that on like the Lego Star Wars or something because no. that sounded eerily familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is that where you got it from? I No, I, I, I have not watched the Lego Star Wars, so... That's funny. It's funny stuff, by the way. Um, the Yoda Chronicles are pretty good too. Oh yeah, that's good. The, the stuff. droid, the droid stuff is funny. Mm-hmm. It's so good. God, now, now I'm just picturing the Palpatine on a dating show, and that's just. I know it's mm-hmm. so good. Someone needs to do it now. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. Now we need now, and I guess that's what they were doing. They were laying the groundwork for more story. But... Bachelorette number two. <laughs> Roll it again. <laughs> you, uh, sir, you, you do realize we do actually have three bachelorettes. No, always two there are. A master and me. I just want to say that the mind trick, when she, when Ray tried the Jedi mind trick, that was kind of funny. Like, uh, you, you just let us, uh, we're, we're supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're supposed to be there. You're, you're glad to see us. You're really glad to see us. Actually, you're Man. glad we're here. <laughs> Yeah. We're so glad you're here. Oh, does, does she do that to us? <laughs> that was the best line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was funny stuff. All right. Well, do we have any other thoughts on, before we jump into Gremlins too, do we have any other thoughts on Rise of Skywalker? Millennium it's Falcon's good, pretty cool. Millennium yeah, Falcon's it is. always cool. I mean, I think. Uh, Hyperspace uh, skipping was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was interesting. At least that I got, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the other stuff. Um, and Pat says it best. More Star Wars, more better. There's mm-hmm. there's no better way to say that. Oh, so, yeah. And I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Mandalorian has been awesome. So, oh, man. You know. Pat, Pat you got to watch that. <laughs> I know. And like I said, I was, John and, and I were talking. I think I can get, like, the seven-day trial and knock those things out pretty good. So. Oh, yeah, you can. The possibility of a Kenobi series. I mean, it's just so much. And I tell you what, Pat, I I don't know that you're ready for The Mandalorian, and I feel like I'm going to know exactly when you watch it because my phone's going to (laughs) explode. Whoa, holy (laughs) buckets. You guys were kidding. This is fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something else, brother. I I am going to say I'm looking forward to uh, C2E2, that big comic book show we go to every year here in Chicago. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. Because Nora has decided that her costume this year is The Mandalorian. Nice. So we went to uh, we had to go to the fabric store and we found some uh, silver reflective fabric, mm-hmm. like vinyl fabric. So she's going to use that. Actually, when we went into the to the uh, to the hobby store, she's like, "Do you think instead of asking them for a yard of fabric, can I ask them for a yard of Beskar?" <laughs> I was like, "Kiddo, you can ask them for whatever you want. They're not going to understand a word you're saying, but." But you can go ahead and ask. You go for it. The real question is, is what's the plan for the prop? Uh, she's going to try to find, I think she's going to try to find a, a doll that she has that okay. has some like big eyes or something and wrap it up and hold it with her. Excellent. I said that if I, if I had a Mandalorian costume, I've, I've got Jedi costumes. I think that's what I'm going to go with. But I said, if I had a Mandalorian costume, I would get one of those like baby Bjorn um, uh, yes. backpack kind of things. And yeah. Uh, and my costume would be the man dad Lorian. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and it would be like a cross between a dad who tells like horrible dad jokes and the Mandalorian. Oh, and, that's so and, good. And carries his baby around with him. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I got a month and a half. If I can, if I could whip up something fast, I'll see what I can do. But. 
Oh, your poor children. I love I everything about this. I know. I know. Well, poor mother-in-law. She's still the only one going as a Star Trek uh, Starfleet captain. <laughs> she's, hey, the classics never die. The rest of it, I, I finally got, I got Sharon to get a Jedi costume. So she's even, she's even going as a Jedi this year. So nice. She's going to do it up as the, uh, because she was a librarian. She's doing it up as the Jedi librarian from Attack of the Clones. So Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So we are all going to be completely decked out. It's going to be fun. That's awesome, man. All right. Well, uh, speaking of completely decked out and fun, should we talk Gremlins 2? Yeah. All right. Keep so, small. Gremlins 2. First of all, before we get started with this, have both of you seen the Key and Peel skit? No. Oh, oh, you haven't. Oh. Okay. Well, as soon as this is over, I got to send it to you. Okay. okay. The um, Key and Peel. You know who Key and Peel are. I, I do. I, I yeah. know all oh, of yeah. them. Yes. Okay. So they do a skit, and it's an uncensored one, so don't watch it with kids around. I see. <laughs> and um, it's it's basically the writer's room when they're trying to come up with a sequel to Gremlins. Oh, oh and my. It's, and people are coming up with, like, reasonable ideas. and like, hey, we should try this. And they're like, ah, I don't know about that. And so they bring in um, they bring in somebody who's like a script doctor. And he's like, nope, we got we to gotta like, throw it against the wall, see what sticks. And he is just, <laughs> as, as these more outrageous ideas are coming out, he's like, I love that. Do that. Why don't you do that and make it a spider? And why don't you? And it's just, it's hilarious. So I'll I'll send that to you guys once we're done with this. But I'm I'm not sure you could watch Gremlins too without watching that afterwards. Cool. So, so I'll send that your way. All right. This time around, we got Gremlins two. The new batch came out on the fifteenth of June, nineteen ninety. Uh, rated PG thirteen with a runtime of one hour and forty six minutes. Directed by Joe Dante with uh, Chuck Jones um, directing the animation. A uh, little piece that was at the beginning of this. Uh, Chuck Jones died in two thousand two. Uh, Dante also directed Inner Space and The Howling. Producer was Michael Fennell. He did Inner Space and The Burbs. Writers for this one were Chris Columbus, who did characters from the first movie. Uh, he also did The Goonies. And then Charles S. Haas wrote this one. He also wrote the movie Matinee with John Goodman. That was a fun one. I haven't seen that one in a while. Goonies never say die. I know. Have you ever seen Matinee? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's mm. a fun one. That's a fun one. It's. It, I don't think it's very well known, but it's, it's in the 90s, so that should be coming up pretty soon. Um, We'll throw that in there somewhere. Cinematography by John Hora. He was a uh, cinematographer for The Howling, Explorers, and Matinee. Music was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who died in 2004. He did Poltergeist, Star Trek First Contact, and Total Recall. Budget was $50 million. Box office was $41.5 million. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 69%. Rotten Tomatoes audience give it a 57%. IMDb gives it a 64. Letterboxd a 68. And CinemaScore gives it a B+. Zach Galligan plays Billy Peltzer. He was in Surviving and Waxwork. Phoebe Cates. Uh, I, sorry. I thought I needed to wait just a moment there. Yeah, thank you. I okay. appreciate that. There you go. Um, Kate Berenger. She was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Drop Dead Fred. John Glover was Daniel Clamp. He was in Scrooge and Smallville. Robert Prosky, who died in 2008, was Grandpa Fred. He was in Christine and Mrs. Doubtfire. Robert Picardo was Forster. He was in Inner Space and Star Trek Voyager. Christopher Lee, who died in 2015, played Dr. Catheter. That's just a fun name. Yeah. He was in Lord of the Rings and Dracula AD 1972. Haviland Morris was Marla Bloodstone. She was in 16 Candles and Home Alone 3. Dick Miller uh, died in 2019. He was Murray Futterman. He was in The Burbs and The Terminator. Jackie Joseph was Sheila Futterman. She was in Little Shop of Horrors, the 1960 version, and Police Academy 4. Getty Watanabe played Mr. Katsuji. He was in 16 Candles and the 1998 Mulan animated movie. 
K.A. Luke, uh, who died in 1991, played Mr. Wing. He was in Charlie Chan at Monte Carlo and Phantom of Chinatown. Kathleen Freeman played Microwave Marge. She was in Blues Brothers and Inner Space. Don and Dan Stanton, the uh, identical twins, were Martin and Lewis. They were in Terminator 2 and Good Morning Vietnam. John Aston was the janitor. He was in Adam's Family and National Lampoon's European Vacation. Hulk Hogan played himself. He was in No Holds Barred and Suburban Commando. Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. He was in Little Monsters and Bobby's World. And Tony Randall, who died in 2004, was the voice of the Brain Gremlin. He was in The Odd Couple and Pillow Talk. Here is the trailer audio, and we'll be back in just a moment. Remember the last time we told you not to feed them after midnight. We told you to keep them away from the light. And the most important warning of all, we told you to never, ever get them wet. You didn't listen. They're mutating. Sir, it's the building on fire. No, no, that's a false alarm. Are you trying to panic New York City? Absolutely not. So the monsters are real? I didn't say that. Gremlins 2. The new batch. Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, but in no sense civilized. All right, so as always, our questions are adapted from the book, the book uh, called Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins. Um, so first question, how does Gremlins 2 make you feel? Now, I, I want to ask this question kind of right off the bat, but I also want to just quickly say I really, really wish that the audio from our very first episodes had not been lost because we talked about the first Gremlins. Mm-hmm. as one of the very first movies we did for this podcast. And unfortunately the audio was just in such bad shape that we really couldn't even put it out there. Cause you probably couldn't understand much of what was going on. Um, so, you know, live and learn, but um, yeah, the first gremlins was one of the first movies we ever talked about in this podcast, but you'll never know it cause you won't hear it. Um, so moving from the first gremlins, which I think we all enjoyed for the most part to this one, how does gremlins two make you feel? I enjoy it a lot. Um, this is our revenge of the sequels month. So it's fitting that this is another movie for me that I actually enjoy more than the first one. Now I, I need to qualify that. I had a traumatic experience as a young boy with the original gremlins movie. So I think it still triggers me. Did it have, but I enjoy this with, one a lot. Did it have anything to do with Santa Claus? It didn't, oh, okay. but right. uh, you know, just general, uh, general fright. Okay. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I like it a lot. It, it, it makes me smile when it's on. I, I, I enjoy the, the whole shtick of it works for me. What about you, Pat? I think we lost Pat. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I think we did. Mm-hmm. You there, Pat? I'm... <sighs> I'm coming in and out. I think I'm, yeah, 
I'm coming. Part of it, part of I'm I'm having a tech problem with my computer. Okay. So part of it, I'm hearing, and I am going to. If I did not delay things too too badly, if I actually can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can hear. You. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I will try to like jump in and and be there. If I start to lose it, I might just log out and try and log back in. Okay. Completely. So, anyways, apologies for that. No worries. Or, or you fell asleep. Uh, I I was nodding a little bit earlier, but I got <laughs> up and started moving around, and then that's when I started kind of like not being able to fully participate. Okay. Because well, you were you were snoring just now. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm so, going to keep moving, so I, I'm not going to lose it completely. Oh, yeah. No, I got, it's, it's almost 11 o'clock, so I, I feel you. Yeah. So how does this movie make you feel? Gremlins 2? Yeah. Fun? Yeah. This was my first experience with Gremlins. Um, I, di- I saw this one before I saw the first one, mm. and I just remember seeing it with friends. I was probably junior high. It didn't creep me out, horror and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was just fun. Nice. Nice. I, that's probably it for me too. Like I, I really like the first Gremlins, and I saw the first Gremlins first. Um, really enjoyed that movie. You know, even as a kid, I don't think it creeped me out too much. Uh, maybe a little bit with the Gremlins, but um, this one was just this one was hilarious to me as a kid. I loved everything about this movie. I had the Nintendo game. Um, you know, I think I might have had a lunchbox that was a Gremlins two lunchbox at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I, I really liked everything about this movie, and just the. The, the twist on having the genetically modified gremlins, I think, and, and, and maybe somebody wants to criticize me for this. This might be the reason that I also like alien three mm. because the idea of having genetically modified gremlins that take on whatever form of whatever they drank and the spider and the bat and the everything else. Then when it was like, Oh, we're going to have alien, but it's going to come out of a dog. <laughs> oh, well, that's kind of cool. So it's a little bit different. It takes on the characteristics of, of whatever creature it comes out of. That's kind of awesome. So I know some people don't like this movie and some people definitely don't like Alien 3. But for me, I like those maybe kind of tie in together. Like this one as a kid, I was like, wait, you can have gremlins that are made of vegetables and <laughs> bats and spiders and electricity. And okay. So no, I, for this one, uh, me too. I think this one is just, it's a lot of fun. And I remember as a kid loving this. And I remember the movie trailers coming on and just the the voice of the brain gremlin. I think I must have tried to do the impersonation of the brain gremlin nonstop as a kid. So I'm sure I was in a very, very obnoxious 10-year-old. But even the way they did the brain gremlin with the accent and then his whole, was, it, was, it, was he being interviewed when he's mm-hmm. like, he shoots the other one? Was that mm-hmm. civilized? Clearly? Was I mean, that just, civilized? Yeah. Clearly not. Clearly not. Yeah, yeah it was... Uh, it, it, you're right. It was fun. And it was fun. It was fun for kids. I think, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was a good example on how to take something that, I mean, we did the, the first gremlins and it was straight up kind of like, this is creepy. This is scary. This is some mm-hmm. funny, you know, and they really brought out certain things to just make this a little bit more silly and fun. Well, and that was one of the things that I read up when I was reading up about this movie that Joe Dante, the director actually prefers this movie to the first one. Mm. Like oh, that's between, interesting. between the two movies, he likes this one so much more because he felt like he had, he was pretty much given unlimited creative control for this movie. You know, he, he's, I guess he told them, look, if you're going to bring me back for a gremlins movie, I don't want to rehash 
the first one again. I don't want to just do like a, you know, a, a different town and the gremlins show up again. Cause I guess that's the story ideas that they were pitching when they kept trying that. to come up with a sequel. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it differently. We're going to do it my way. I want more money for the budget. I, and apparently they said, Hey, look, you know what? Merchandising wise, you know, all that other stuff, whatever you do, it's going to make us a ton of money. So go for it. You do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is why, unfortunately, because it didn't do well, that makes me a little sad. Right. Like I, I wish it would have been, I wish it would have done well because that's one of those cases where, you know, the, the studio heads or whoever it was, they, they gave the artist money and then they got out of the way. And for some reason, audiences didn't like it. So, and I don't know what it was. I mean, it, it gets, I think if I go back to look at the stuff that I read just a minute ago, I think it gets better scores. Yeah, it gets better scores from the movie critics than it does from the audiences. And I don't know if that's just, I don't know if there was just too much time between the original Gremlins and this one or what happened. Were the the audiences just too young to like be counted? Like, you know, like if the audiences were us and we were kids when this came out, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you were old enough, like, you know, later high school, college age, maybe the humor just didn't fire on all cylinders with that age group, yeah. you know? And if you liked the first one, you were too old for this one by the, by the time it came around. Yeah. You know, I, it, you know, and I hate to say this because there was another movie that we did a couple of weeks ago or months ago that I remember saying, you know, it would be interesting to get Dennis's perspective because, you know, I, I, I don't want this to be like the Irish backhanded compliment, but you know, there is a, there's a small age gap and that might just be enough that I, I'd be curious to see what he thought about it. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. did you like the original? And what did you think of gremlins too? Mm-hmm. And if it was kind of a, eh, yeah, I, maybe that just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this one for me, I, I feel like as a kid, I absolutely love this. And then there was a stretch of time where I think I went to go watch this a few years ago and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, that is as bad as everybody says it is. But then I went to go watch it again this time. And I was like, you know what? This is actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a lot. I think it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's definitely campier. It's definitely more for oh, kids. Yeah. But they dug deep for something I mean, goofy here. I mean, but that's, I mean, the whole idea behind Gremlins, if you're not going to do it. And even the first movie didn't even necessarily do it as a straight up horror movie. You know, Gizmo's cute. And Gizmo is mm-hmm. always cute in the first one. And it's more oh, of a why. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a it's got more of an E.T. feel to it than it does any kind of a horror movie. And if you're not going to do it as a horror movie, then you've got to take the whole idea of the gremlins just messing stuff up. I mean, sure, they're a little dangerous, but, um, you know, they're, they're basically there to just mess stuff up and cause general chaos. And if that's what you're going to do then sure, make it goofy, make it weird, make it crazy. And, you know, just all the different, I, I love the variety of the different gremlins we got with that genetics lab. Yeah. Um, and then being able to become like the spider gremlin and the, you know, all the other stuff. Um, I will say the one thing about this movie is for it to come out in 1990, this one, I mean, this prophesied the fact that smart homes and the internet of things really wants to kill us. Right. Yeah. I mean, the revolving doors, the, you know, the, the voice activated lighting, the, um, I, I had to go the look elevators. Up, yeah. The mm-hmm. elevators. I had to go look up the quote because I remember even as a kid thinking that this was hilarious, but as an adult, this may have been one of my favorite things in the whole movie 
the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire. The That's untamed good. the untamed element. <laughs> yes. Oldest. <laughs> oh god. Oldest of man's mysteries. Giver of warmth. Destroyer of forests. Right now, this building is on fire. That is outstanding. <laughs> yes, the building is on fire. Leave the building. Enact the age-old drama of self-preservation. Oh man. <laughs> um the the men's room, you know. Mm-hmm. The, yes. the Mr. Yeah. Welcome to the men's room. Welcome I, to the men's room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to be honest, the, the variety of characters in this movie. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like there were there were not cameos, so to speak, but a lot of, oh, that guy's in it. That guy's mm-hmm. in it. That guy's it. And they were all really unique, interesting characters. Yeah. You know, um, I thought that was I thought that was really fun. Yeah. And the main the main boss guy that was, uh, you know, that everyone was falling all over the, the guy that was the head of the building mm-hmm. just. I mean, I shudder to call it a character arc, but for lack of a better term, his character arc was absolutely priceless in this thing. Oh, yeah. You know, that he became the hero. And then, you know, when uh, uh, Robert Picardo was up on the top floor and he's on the phone, what? You're still up there? Oh, well, hang in there, buddy. We'll try and get up to you soon enough. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. just a funny, funny way of writing in these characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, along the same lines as the fire alarm, apparently this got put into the movie because someone, I don't know if it was one of the writers or Joe Dante, the director, or somebody else found out that cable companies, like cable news companies and cable companies, they actually have, I don't know if they still do, but that one of them had an actual recorded message just in case the end of the world happened. Oh, wow. And so they were like, that is too good not to put in this movie. And so I guess, I don't know if it's word for word the same, but they said, we discovered that they actually, one of the, at least one, if not multiple ones of the cable news shows or cable companies had this. So they had the, you know, it does the whole thing because of the end of civilization, the clamp cable network now leaves the air. We hope you've enjoyed our programming, but more importantly, we hope you've enjoyed life. That's outstanding. And apparently they're like, Joe Dante was like, we have to include that. That is too good that this actually exists and that they have it on hand to, to just hit play and put this out over all their channels just in case the world comes to an end. That's awesome. And it's just, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. It's like the fact that you have, the fact that you have enough freedom to be able to say, you know what? That's crazy. That's weird. That's goofy. Put it in the movie. Yes. Right. Um, the whole gremlins escaping the movie thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and this one all the all the little fourth wall stuff that yeah. they do is great. Now, the one I saw, I didn't see in the theater. And I know I think Hulk Hogan when this one, this was the theatrical one because I think the home video, they end up on a John Wayne movie. Do they? I th- I think you're right. Yeah, like, it sounds right. Like I, I remember. I had never seen the Hulk Hogan one until I watched it now. The oh, ones really? I've always seen, I, I I don't know if you got like and that was actually my, you know, if we do a favorite scene is when John Wayne, like they get into a gunfight with John Wayne and it's like uh, gremlins get off my spread Duke. And then they, you know, there's a draw and a gunfight and the whole thing. Yeah. It says under alternate versions, the cinema version features Hulk Hogan shouting at the gremlins to start the film again. The video version features John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the John, it's worth watching the John Wayne. I mean, and that's just cool. And you know? I, I don't know if I remember the John Wayne one. I feel like I've seen it once. I'm so glad Pat said it because I thought I was losing mm-hmm. my mind. I was like, is that always how that worked? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shows you what I know. 
Oh, you know why? Because I don't think we ever owned this on VHS or DVD or anything like that. Um, the it says there's a note here on IMDb that says if you watch this on cable and broadcast television, they show the theatrical version, not the video version. Okay. So I think the only times I would have watched this would have been maybe VHS as a kid if we would have rented it once or twice, but probably if it showed up on TV would be when I would be watching it. So that's probably why I remember the Hulk Hogan one better. Mm-hmm. Acting performance. There's a lot of famous people in this movie. Who is your favorite out of all the different acting performances in this movie? Which one of these is your favorite? And I think I, I, I really like John Glover as Daniel Clamp as the guy that's in charge. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I gotta I, go. I gotta go. Christopher Lee. I gotta go. Dr. Catheter. Okay. Oh, rabies. I have rabies. I have rabies. <laughs> I think we have some flu in the back. <laughs> I like um, Robert Picardo. He goes through such an interesting, like, mm-hmm. um, it's such an interesting emotional roller coaster with him from from the first scene. Mm-hmm. You know, he's fun to watch, and he's just fun to watch in general. But yeah. Unless, unless we're starting to talk about Gizmo, because well, that's true. I'm a Gizmo guy. Mm-hmm. Pat, do you have a favorite? He's going to say Phoebe Cates. Well, why wouldn't you say and, Phoebe Cates? And we're going to agree with him, and <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's probably true. I do love, <laughs> you know, for for her part, I do love when she kind of goes back into telling another story. You know, just like she did in the first one when she tells the story yes. of the whole Santa Claus thing, and I and I was trying to find, I was trying to see if I could find like the whole text of it somewhere <laughs> but she starts going into the story and he's just like you know i don't, I don't know if now is really like a great time <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <your> time. <laughs> it's just you know just the fact that they can so many of these different things like they can just they can joke with themselves about mm-hmm. it like joking about the first movie having leonard malton in there get attacked oh uh, god yeah just the whole like i said all the stuff they do to like break that fourth wall is just mm-hmm. so fun mm-hmm and they, yeah, they're just having a lot of fun. So do you have a favorite scene in the movie? <laughs> so many good ones. When Gizmo becomes a badass. Mm-hmm. That's, that's gotta be it. You know, cause they pushed him too far. They pushed him too far. <laughs> that's, that's it right there for sure. I love that Rambo is his hero. Right. And he makes that. And I will admit there have been times where if I'm, you know, sitting in my office or something like that and i'm waiting for something to load on a computer i do every once in a while want to make a little bow and arrow out of the office supplies that i have oh sure sure you know i don't light it on fire but <laughs> at least not yet but you think about it I, I do think about it i just for the day that i get pushed too far maybe i think about it um i think i gotta go i remember as a kid one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing was the um when the bat gremlin gets outside and then, mm-hmm. and then, and then he gets shoved in the wet concrete, and then he flies up and turns into the gargoyle. Yeah, like, you're I, right. That was always good. I almost think anything with the bat gremlin was my favorite because when he flies through the wall and it leaves the Batman symbol. Yeah, where you're that, going right, <laughs> from that, from that, uh, all up, up, up until the point where he gets in the wet concrete and then up on the building and solidifies into the into the gargoyle. I think that entire segment is is probably one of my favorite parts in the whole movie. Yeah, that is good stuff. You are not wrong. But also pretty much any scene with the brain gremlin too. That just I remember as a kid just loving that character. I can understand that. 
Um, is okay. So real quick before we jump into our three questions, is there anything that does not work in this movie for us? You know, I don't think so. It's pretty fantastic. I know. I've been racking my brain trying to figure out why a few years ago when I saw this again that I think it was bad. I mean, I guess if you really want to get, you know, nitpicky, you could find things like, you know, it the whole smart building, you know, falling apart concept is you know, a little much, but not really. Like mm-hmm. that's the point where you worry about it. Well, and it, I guess it would have been, it would have been kind of novel then because they didn't have smart stuff. Right. And maybe part of that is now like, okay, you know, we probably wouldn't do the smart bathroom, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it just adds to the gag. I think it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I, I, I just, I was trying to think of like, what is it about this movie that if I had to pick something out, like what does not work in this movie? And I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is the campiness. It is rather it, I mean, campy. There are times where it takes it a bit far. Yeah. It is rather campy. Yeah. I do love, I'm, I do love microwave Marge. <laughs> she just, yeah. <laughs> And and I was watching it the other day and on my phone while I was doing some stuff down in the basement and one of the kids walks by and he goes, what's, and, and John goes, what's that? And I said, oh, it's Gremlins 2. He's like, oh, are we going to watch it? I said, well, uh, we don't have, I don't know that we have time to watch it right now together and your sister doesn't really like Gremlins. So, um, you know, we'll find a time to watch it some other time. And he goes, is that lady doing a cooking show? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, is she cooking or is she just drinking? Yes. <laughs> <I> said, yes. <laughs> Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> That's awesome. And I love all those other little callbacks too, like the whole the the exploding microwave bit. Sure. And uh, you know, just some of the other stuff that you know happened in the first movie, but they have kind of like a a little bit of a callback to it then. And, and I do I, some of the things that maybe, and that's part of the campiness is like when he puts the gremlin through the shredder. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, and it's super gross, like ridiculously gross. And then when it, when he's all done with the whole thing, he's like, Oh, I, I just, I don't really like using these things myself. <laughs> like it's some of that stuff. It's like maybe some of the really, we're going to have a quippy one liner after we, you know, yes, we are. <laughs> we are. And, and that's fine. That's, that's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But, um, Pat, I had asked the question, is there anything about this movie that doesn't work for you? Does it work for me at my advanced age or does it work for the 12 year old Pat that saw it when it came out, you know? And I think like anything that I might cringe at now, I can't because it like activates that, that, that like reptilian, like 12, 13 year old brain Mm -hmm. that saw this when it came out. You know what I'm saying? So sort of like when I was watching UHF and I told Tam, I'm like, Oh, you haven't seen UHF. You got to watch this with me. And five minutes into it, she looks over and goes, I can see why you like this when you were 13. (laughs) Like, Okay. Thanks dear. You can go to bed now. And I think that's kind of what it is. There's nothing that really doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, uh, this is just kind of like a, a link to kind of the mindset of a junior high kid. So I think that's why, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I think there would be a whole lot more. And I hear what you were saying about the, the whole campiness thing where, yeah, there's a point when there's too much. I, and and I, I just think that's the one, that's the one dividing thing is that I, I think there would be a whole lot more that didn't work if I hadn't seen it when I, when I did at the mm-hmm. age that I did. Yeah. 
I, last thing I will say before we jump into the three questions is um, one thing that definitely works in this movie uh, that if they were ever to make a Gremlins three for some reason I would not want them to do differently is the puppets. Mm-hmm. Like the puppets mm-hmm. in this one are outstanding. They are they're much more articulate than they were in the first movie. If they ever made a Gremlins three, I would not want them to go CGI. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely want it to still be puppets. Uh, and apparently, to make them more detailed and more articulate, these puppets are twice as big as the ones were in the first movie. Oh they, wow! They had to make them bigger because they had to fit more circuitry and more you know controls inside the puppets. That um, makes sense. And some of the scenes too, when they like when Gizmo is making his bow and arrow, that uh, those hands are actually an adult person's hands that are oh. making that bow and arrow. So they made a huge cost, like a costume version of it um, because they couldn't get the puppets hands to, you know, to be, um, what am I looking for? Uh, agile enough to, to be able to do what the puppet needed to do. So, you know, they just made different sizes and, but they had to be much bigger than before because they were filled with more circuitry to control facial, facial expressions and, and things like that. So if they were to ever do another sequel, I would hope that they would stick with puppets and not do CGI. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think agree that's, that. I think that's some of the charm of the movie is it's the puppets and you can, you, I mean, it's like the Muppets. It's like, you'd never want the Muppets to be CGI. Um, mm-hmm. You know, same thing for this movie. Yeah. Okay. Three questions. He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. So our three questions this time around. Question number one, which gremlin is your favorite from this movie? Mine is super easy. It's the brain. I love the brain gremlin. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think as, as a 10-year-old, the brain gremlin was just, I think that might have been my inner monologue as a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Just, just the over-dramatic, you know, trying to make himself sound pretty smart and, and just weird and goofy. And I, I, I just loved that character as a kid and still do. Now, coolness factor, I would have to go with the spider gremlin, but, mm. and it doesn't hurt that his theme is a heavy metal theme, so. Right. Yeah. Oh, what about yourself? What's? I think I am a big old fan of um, the bat gremlin. Mm-hmm. I like the brain gremlin a lot, but the bat one, he, he just has some fun. He gets out. He gets to, you know, see the fresh air. He gets the sunblock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. He's like he's like the uh, Uber Gremlin because he can go out in the sun. So I think yeah. that's my. I think I'll have to pull an Edward Norton in the Italian job and just say I'll take a little bit of each of yours because uh, <laughs> I think like everything you guys said was were, were the ones that I liked. You know, so maybe I'll go with the to throw something else out there. I'll go with Gizmo, um, being my favorite Gremlin. But, you know, I'll say that when he does the Rambo thing, I kind of dug that. I thought that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, 
you know, but yeah, if I had to pick like one of the gremlin gremlins, I would say, uh, uh, yeah, the back gremlin was pretty cool, but then the brain was awesome as well. So, you know, it's all good. Nice. All right. Question number two, what division within the clamp center would you want to work in? So of the, of the different spots we see in this movie, you could work at the frozen yogurt stand. You could work at the uh, genetics lab, the art department. The I guess you could work in the men's room if you wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say not janitorial. I don't want my bathrooms talking to Mm-mm. me. No, oh, so you don't, don't want to be John. A- down with that. Don't want to be John Aston. No, no. Which division? You know, I, I love all those. And we were talking about, you know, earlier tonight, we were talking about um, 2B TV and like some of those really like late night horror movies and Sven Gulli and that kind of stuff. I think I'd work with uh, Grandpa Fred. Yeah, there you go. I think I'd work with him. I'd, I'd, I'd help. I'd help him out on his show. I think I'd be the guy sitting in the security office with Robert Picardo watching the cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd do something with the with the show, you know, the shows that they put on. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was pretty cool. If it was a hard enough day, I'd work with Microwave Marge. But <laughs> some people add a little. I add a lot. <laughs> I add a lot. <laughs> All right. Final question. Number three, knowing the dangers, if someone came to you and said they needed a home for Gizmo, would you take him in? No, of course I would. He's too cute. I, 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 mm, I think I might go with Pat on this one. I think knowing what could possibly happen and knowing that, I don't know. I, I feel like Nora would be good natured enough. She'd be like, Oh, he's so cute. Let's make more. Well, she crazy. And really, right. you know, yes. If you, if mm-hmm. you get them wet, you make more and that's bad. Mm-hmm. Right. The real, the real bad one though is the feeding after midnight. And mm-hmm. I don't even feed myself after midnight. So I think mm-hmm. we'd be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and that, that was something I forgot to mention when we were, when we were talking about the movie itself. I love that scene where they're all questioning the, the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because you know everyone who watched the first movie did that. Right. Wait. The first so movie, wait. they So can't. what if So what if like what if they eat something it's stuck in their teeth? Yeah. That's my favorite after, one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Totally yes. like mm-hmm. Yeah, how does that work? Right. Cuz you'd always argue that, like what about the time zones? Like well, but wait a minute. Like like what if you feed them at like four in the morning because that's after midnight but right when does the clock reset right mm-hmm. so many questions mm-hmm. but that's what makes it so good is they don't bother right yeah whatever just like, follow the rules and you know important. you're not going to follow the rules because otherwise we wouldn't have a movie right. so you know come on right. now all right well don't believe what you read on the internet gremlins 2 is a lot of fun and go watch it exactly mm-hmm. It's it's a good time, and I remember one of my fa- one of my favorites. Yeah, and I remember playing the Gremlins two Nintendo game. Did you guys ever play? Oh that? yeah, yes. Yeah. No, oh, I love that game. Some of those. Go, go ahead, Bo. I'm sorry. I said that was good fun back in the day. Mm-hmm. Those eight bit Nintendo games. Those things are great, and there was a, I, that that was exactly what it was, and they they churned some of those things out, and they were all great. That was just. I mean, Super Nintendo had some great games and all that, but some of those 8-bit Nintendo things, there were just some really fun games. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of them you can find again in emulators and mm -hmm. yeah play them on your computer on the on the you know web browser it's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) i did i actually bought a um it was either off of amazon or somewhere else i bought a bluetooth controller that looks exactly like a classic nintendo controller right on and uh then downloaded a whole bunch of emulator games and i remember sitting it was several years ago now sat the kids down and had them start to try to play legend of zelda mm-hmm. <laughs> how long they last oh not very long yeah we did that Wait, one and then we did mean, uh, Mega you mean Man. you only get three lives right yep what do you how do i save uh you don't nope. well but <laughs> but <laughs> like, like, nope. I tried to, I found an app for my phone that was like, um, had a whole bunch of the old Nintendo games on it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't play it because I didn't have the buttons and the control that I could feel. Like I oh, kept, my sure. fingers kept going over where the buttons were and slipping off and stuff. And I'm like, no, I need to have some, something tangible that I'm touching. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your, your thumb wasn't blistered, so it didn't make sense. Yeah, I, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, question not related to Gremlins, but related to playing the old video games. What did you guys do when eventually your fingers would get like blistered and they would hurt? And I, I, I'm curious to know what you guys did if you did this at all, because what I remember doing was I would play and I would play when I play, and my fingers would almost like they get blistered or they hurt or they'd even start to bleed mm-hmm. sometimes. And so I would go get tissue and I would tape tissue around my thumb. Oh, nice. And, and I'd keep playing. That is some dedication. That is it, man. That is it. I don't, I don't know that I had that level of dedication. Okay. Because I don't remember, at least consciously, having remember having to do that. Okay. I, I just asked re- my brother. He, I just remember playing. He would remember something like that more than I would. But Okay. I just remember playing nonstop sometimes and just, you know, after you're mashing that button so many times that eventually you just start to get blistered or sore on your thumb. Mm-hmm. I, I do like, remember getting sore. Something about this. I remember like that you know, that thumb muscle Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely getting tired after a while. Yeah. Especially when playing some of the more action games where it was a lot of repetitive stuff. Right. Bionic commando. Bionic commando. I love that game. Master blaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Russian attack. Mm -hmm. You guys remember that one? Yes, I do. Spy versus spy. Yes. Now this is Super Nintendo, but Pat, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm waiting for a text message from you when you start watching The Mandalorian. Okay. There is <laughs> there is totally an episode that reminds me of a portion of Super Star Wars. Okay, man. So you'll have to you'll have to text me when you get to that part because I think okay. you'll know what it, I think you'll know what it is. Okay. Okay. But yeah, no, I those those games are so much fun. City Connection that was a fun game. Do you guys ever play City Connection? I don't remember that one. It doesn't ring a bell, but that you doesn't just mean anything. Drive around in a car and try and like the roads that you would drive over would light up, and you tried to light up the whole. I don't. It was fun. Nice oh. elevator action. What about elevator action? Mm-hmm. That rings Nothing. a bell. Why does that ring a bell? Elevator action is great. Yeah, I can't like place it in my head right now, but I totally. Yeah, like, that the that name can... rings a bell. Mike Tyson's Punch Out, of course. Mm-hmm. The Ninja Turtles arcade game. Yep. Which I'll tell you, the one on Nintendo was a heck of a lot harder than the one that was actually in the arcade. Yeah, it was. Um, Skate or Die? Do you ever play that one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. 
Ninja Gaiden mm, 2. Ninja Gaiden. I was uh, Ninja Gaiden was my what year was that? 89, 90. When did that come out? Whenever it was, um, that was my Halloween costume one year. Nice. It was Ninja Gaiden, I remember. Ryu Hayabusa. Mm-hmm. How about Double Dragon? Yeah. That one and then Double Dragon 2 was mm-hmm. great. Yeah. This is going to be like that episode where we just started talking about toys. Yes. And yep. then, we, then we just kind of got lost. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just commenting and saying. <laughs> yeah. No, speaking of toys, though, there were some great um, gizmo toys. Mm-hmm. They had everything. They had like a, they had everything. And, and it, because the movie took place in like an office building, mm-hmm. there was always like office themed stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they had pencil sharpeners and, yeah. and all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. They did a few years ago. They actually came out with um, the NECA toys, the ones that do like the really detailed um, kind of replicas of, of toys. They're a little bit more um, articulation and detail and everything else. They did a whole series of Gremlins and Gremlin 2 toys a little while ago. Oh, wow. And like part of me was like, you know what? If I was, I like Gremlins, but if I was a bigger Gremlins fan, I would buy all of these. Because they had like the... Was it Spike? Did he go by the name Spike? I don't remember if he did or not. Um, but, do you mean Stripe? Uh, but in this movie, the one that became the spider. Oh, yeah. Did he go by Spike? Because Stripe was Stripe was Gremlins 1. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they had like a whole series of them. I think they had the brain gremlin. Uh, they had a toy of him. I think they might have had the spider one. I'd have to check and see, but yeah. But yeah, I, I think as a kid, I probably had like a Gremlins lunchbox at some point. Oh, I'm sure we all did. Yeah. Well, that's all good stuff. Yeah, it all is. Good stuff. It's fun to think about being a kid again, isn't it? Oh, I know. And, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, and then we got to go to work in the morning. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for Gremlins too. So thank you gentlemen for being here with me tonight. Thank you, Thanks. John, for Thanks, getting John. us together to do this. Cause yeah. well, and as I started looking ahead, I'm like, Oh man, it could just almost kind of what Pat said last time when he's like, you know, 2020 is great, but I'm already looking ahead to 2021. Mm-hmm. As I start pull, as I started last year, pulling together the stuff for 1990, I remember doing that. I was like, 1990, there's a lot of really good stuff in 1990. And then I made the mistake of looking at 91. And then, <laughs> And then 92 and then 93. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't. And they to tell people and, and, and they, they tell, tell two people and so on and so on. Yeah. So I had to kind of rein that in because I'm like, nope, too much good stuff. So um, so we are looking forward to bringing more good stuff to you from 1990 and beyond as we keep going with this thing, because basically we are the Energizer Bunny of you know 90s movie podcast now. And we're just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be pretty much nonstop. So. Um, uh, until we get all the way to, uh, I guess it'll be like the matrix and phantom menace and all that other good stuff. So, uh, 10 years from now, we'll get to all those things, but, mm-hmm. um, so in the meantime, you can visit us at 30 podcast.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those different spots. If you want to call in the voicemail line, um, please feel free to call in. It's eight seven two three five six six eight four three. We'd love to hear from you. Our next episodes as we continue the revenge of the sequel month. Um, we've got RoboCop 2 is coming up next week, Young Guns 2 after that, and Predator 2. 
So uh, thank you again, gentlemen, for being here. And everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And we will see you back here next time for RoboCop 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah.